Welcome back, everyone, to the first downtime session of Stewards of a Broken Sun, the third season of our podcast, Stories of a Broken Sun. We are continuing to play the game Songs for the Dust, and we are going to be doing our first downtime, as mentioned, which should be a lot of fun. I am Matter Arp. My pronouns are here they. You can find me on Twitter at Ycaliber, follow the show at Broken Sun RPG, or visit our website, brokensunrpg.com. Before we begin today, I would like to acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the unceded territory of the Katsi, Coquitlam, Stalo, Kwantlen, Staminas, and Musqueam people, and the treaty land of the Tawasan First Nation. Please support Indigenous people around the world by exploring the Settler Saturday hashtag on Twitter and other social media to donate directly, and by learning about the Land Back movement and how you can help. Uh, look in the uh, description of the episode to find links to all of these things uh, if you are interested in doing that, which I hope you will be. Today, I am joined by Keekers. Hello, everyone. It's me, Keekers, also known as the Space Cat. I use she slash her pronouns. And today, I'm hoping I can stay calm enough and relaxed enough despite drinking too much cola. Good luck. We're all rooting for you. Uh, the first of the people rooting for you is, of course, Michael Blood. That's true. Hi, everyone. It's me, Mike Blood, again. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. You can find me on Twitter at GoodSirBlood. I'm very excited to get back in the, the, the fishbowl of reaching through the night. As are we all. And we've also got Trudy with us today. Hi, space friends. I'm Trudy. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. You can find me on Twitter at good underscore damage. Uh, I play Holly Oxenfree, whose pronouns are also they, them. Thank you so much. And we are joined by Velvet. Dark greetings, everyone. Uh, I'm Velvet. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Stewards of a Broken Sun. I use Fafer pronouns, and I'll be playing uh, Joan Jaws, or Jojo, who uses the exam pronouns. You can find pretty much everywhere on the interwebs at OG Brown Sugar. Fantastic. Now, last, were you saying something? Oh, me remembering out loud that I had a Jojo dream last night. Oh, <laughs> I think we all did. <laughs> Uh, it was not in any way related to the actual show. It was just about the creator. Arakawa. Yeah, apparently he spoiled the twist of The Shining to a lot of people <laughs> in uh, one of the JoJo mangas <laughs> because he saw it before it came out of Japan. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, okay. For some reason, that factoid was like something I said to a family member in the dream when we were together for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, I'm not certain. I continue to have almost no experience of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure personally. I watched the first season of the anime and that was that was fine. Um, but I started listening to this new podcast by Chip and Ironicus, two of my favorite Let's Players. They did a new podcast called Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die, which is them watching through and discussing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And uh, the Dogs Must Die subtitle there seems awfully appropriate based on the one season I watched and what I have heard of the rest. Yeah, and, and this is the agreed upon reason why I'm not allowed to watch it. I'm by one here and a few people outside of the podcast. Yeah, if you are uh, uncomfortable with violence against animals, then that's something you definitely need to watch out for in this show. Uh, Not this show here that we're doing. We don't do that, (laughs) Uh, pointedly so. I was about to say. By this show, I meant JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which, again, I've only seen the first season of, and it did do horrible things to a dog. Um, But we will never do that. That's our guarantee here on the Stories of a Broken Sun podcast. No dog will ever be harmed. Or cat, of course. Now, speaking of our mission, the mission that we completed 
was uh, dealing with an interdimensional train created by the Misfit School for Interdimensional Travel uh, in secret because they have been had a lot of restrictions placed upon them since they uh, accidentally caused the pop, which was where Pox's cauldron turned into the Pox cauldron, and chunks of the city of Medleystead were replaced by chunks of other cities from across different realities. Which, as I recall, I think that's how JoJo got here. Correct. And so all that ties back into JoJo, of course. <laughs> So you were able to stop this train and renegotiate the contract that uh, Tirzo Palakine, the lead engineer on the project, had made with the demon. Tirzo didn't know anything about contracts and so had made a very bad one, which led to the train being a dangerous runaway, punching holes through the membranes between realities to the extent that it was going to potentially cause the collapse of the uh, reality, all of them, uh, in which the people exist here in the inflorescence. And we can't have that. As it stands, the train, after the contract is ended, still has the ability and permission to move between realities at the direction of Tirzo. So that's something that the uh, Wayfinders Guild plans to keep an eye on, uh, as, particularly at the direction of uh, Concord Lagoon, given that every time this train crashes from one reality to another, it does make another hole in the fabric of reality. So that's something we'll need to keep an eye on moving forward. But when we look at the end of a mission, what we need to do is go into downtime. So this is in chapter five of the book here uh, on page 102. Once you wrap the mission, regardless of whether you succeed or fail, your crew will take time to recover, regroup, and prepare for your next operation. This phase of the game is called downtime. It has a few different purposes in the game. First, it's a break for your table. During missions, the striders are always under threat, dashing from obstacle to obstacle in a high energy sequence. Downtime gives you all the reprieve, letting you catch your breath and focus on a differently paced style of storytelling, something that's lower energy, quieter, and more deliberate. Second, shifting into the downtime phase signals a shift in the mechanics you'll use. Because downtime is focused on long-term plot elements and montage-style scenes, it has separate mechanics that you don't usually worry about during a mission. When you shift into downtime, you'll pull out that toolkit, use it to work through downtime, and then shift back towards more action-focused mechanics afterwards. Downtime is divided into four parts, which are resolved in order. First, upkeep. The crew makes sure that the mission went right and gets paid. Two, notoriety. The crew accumulates suspicion and attention from their enemies. Three, entanglements. The crew faces trouble from the rival factions and strange forces that populate the world. Four, downtime activities. The striders relieve stress, work on long-term projects, recover from injuries, etc. After the downtime activities are resolved, the game returns to free play and the group can move toward their next score. So our first step is upkeep. After a job, your crew makes sure the people you've helped can handle things and take stock of your income from the mission. To figure out how many shells you take home, you roll a dice pool based on one of two traits. If you did some work for a specific faction, you can use that faction's tier for the roll. Uh, if you did work for a town, city, or settlement, you can use the location of the resources rating uh, for that region, adjusted up or down as appropriate. For example, Acanthia has a resource rating of four, but if you're running a job for the downtrodden people of Blackborn Briar, you might bring the pool down to two to represent the poverty those people are faced with. Once you have your dice pool, rule. Nope. Once you have your dice pool, roll. What <laughs> <laughs> rule? Uh, <laughs> you gain shells equal to the highest die result, and a crit generates six, nine shells, rather. Record your shells on your crew sheet or divide them amongst your crew however you see fit. Uh, okay, so this is going to be a 3D roll based on the tier of the Wayfinders Guild for whom you did this job. And... Uh, who do we think in fiction would be dealing with this aspect? Who would be dealing with settling up, as it were, making sure that the crew is uh, taken care of and their, you know, uh, favors owed and influence gathered is uh, recorded properly? <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> I was just thinking, I'm like, wait, who's technically, oh, yeah, Keva's technically in charge. Unless someone else wants to handle the money. I was going to say Keva. I don't know if anyone else has an opinion there. I mean, that makes sense. Jojo is certainly not a, an administrative type. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> neither is Ollie. <laughs> Yeah. How do these shells help me punch better? So, yeah, it would be between Keva and reaching, and I just imagine, I don't know. What do you well, think? Let's, uh, let's have it be Keva for now, because she is at least the point of contact for Ruth, who is your handler within the Wayfinders Guild. So there's that relationship built up already, I suppose. Yes. Uh, so if you would roll three dice. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you got a six. Ruth, right. really, Ruth really likes Keva. This is canon now. How could she not? Okay, so I've put those six shells into the courier's sheet for now. Um, and there's a lot of different things we can do with shells, but let's keep them in there for now uh, as we move through here the rest of downtime. Heat and notoriety. Confronting chaos is a part of your job, and every mission you run feeds the rumor mill of Tamaris, or in this case, the inflorescence. With those rumors come attention, both good and bad. With every mission you run, you'll pick a up a little more heat, a representation of the many eyes of the, uh, of the reality turning their attention towards you. You gain heat at the end of each mission based on how much damage you caused. Zero heat is smooth and simple, no collateral damage. Two heat is contained, minor collateral damage. Four heat is chaotic, problem spills over into civilian areas, major collateral damage, major acts of violence. Six heat is wild and devastating, the problem majorly intrudes into civilian areas, Severe collateral damage. There are civilian casualties. I th think it's two to start with. What do you all think? Yeah, I was thinking that we it wasn't necessarily our fault that the damage started out, but we did end up crashing in the mall. So that wasn't like that was contained damage. But there was plenty of damage. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably the, the minor collateral damage in question, in addition to the damage caused by the, the train itself, which isn't your fault. But uh, there could be people in the affected areas who would look at that and say, why didn't they stop it faster or whatever the case may be. Aww. So I might see that as, as two heat. I think that probably makes sense. So start with that. Add plus one heat for a mission conducted against a high profile or well-connected target. Well, the Misfit School is high profile, but not well-connected now. Not anymore, at least. Um, think about that one. Add plus one for an operation conducted in hostile territory. It's not that. Plus one if anyone has a vendetta against you. You're not in any vendettas yet. Plus two if anyone in your crew kills or permanently injures someone. That did not happen. Uh, okay, so I think that means three heat for this job. Cool. Makes sense. So I will fill in three sections on the heat and notoriety clock there. It's called heat in this system too? Yeah, at least so far. Uh, you mark heat on your crew sheet. When the tracker is full, you gain a level of notoriety and clear your heat track. Uh, so it's not a wanted level, obviously, here. It's notoriety instead. Um, extra heat rolls over. If you're at seven heat and pick up four, you'll go up one level of notoriety, clear the track, and start the next level with two heat. The higher your notoriety level is, the more attention, both positive and negative, you'll garner from the major players of the inflorescence. Higher notoriety levels also contribute to more dramatic entanglements. Entanglements can spell trouble for your community, but they can also be opportunities in disguise. The higher your notoriety is, the bigger the potential risk or reward will be. And speaking of entanglements, no community can survive in isolation. Your home was built by people. And people come with histories, debts, relationships, secrets, and a million other connections to the wider world. Sometimes those connections come calling, and you'll have to find a way to answer. To reflect this, after each mission, you'll roll dice to find out which entanglement comes calling. Entanglements aren't necessarily bad. They can be anything from a rival faction looking to throw their weight around, to an old friend calling in a favor, to a mysterious stranger walking into town with a golden opportunity. One thing is sure, though. 
They'll definitely make your lives more complicated. Once your table works through upkeep and heat, you'll generate an entanglement for the crew based on the lists below. Find the column that matches your current notoriety level, and then roll dice based on how much heat you have. So uh, we have three heat currently, so we'll roll one die, and we will use our notoriety zero entanglement table. Use the highest result to see which entanglement manifests. If you get a result of six, take die away from the pool and roll again on the next table. Sometimes you just attract major trouble. Who would like to roll for entanglement? Kevin's already rolled, so preferably one of the other three crew members. Someone with better luck than I do. <laughs> Gotta be velvet. Oh, we may come to regret that, but I'm down. All right, go for it. Just one die. Faze got it. You see? Hey, not that four. Okay. Weather hazard. Harsh weather or a minor natural hazard strikes your community. Lose a foundation until you pay half its cost in shells to repair it. Round up. Paying these costs doesn't use up a downtime activity. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Okay, so um, what's the minor natural hazard that strikes uh, this area of Medley Stead, do you think? It's going to rain frogs. It's going to rain frogs. Okay, so the frog rain, and I'll make note of that, it's going to gunk up one of our foundations. Now we have two foundations, the Rover Garage and the Warehouse. Uh, let me just flip a coin over here. I just hope that's not followed by like nine more plagues. The frogs raining from the sky was actually a part of the movie Magnolia. Which is one of my favorite films. Highly recommended. Remember, everyone, 12 plagues were real because they coincide with uh, effects happening from the eruption of the island of Thera. <laughs> and while we're on the subject of raining frogs, don't take a shower with a bunch of frogs. Don't do that. That's probably a good idea. So I have flipped a coin, and the foundation that is damaged here is the warehouse. So I think uh, what happens is the frogs are raining down and as they are raining down, they are um, reaching out their limbs and it turns out that these are glider frogs. So these are minor monsters. And as they are gliding along, a lot of them, for some reason, are attracted to land on the top of the warehouse. And they have a secretion that comes out of them that is uh, toxic. So this basically means that the warehouse is off limits until you can get a crew in to clean up the toxic goo and chase off the frogs that are uh, nesting on the warehouse here. Oh, our warehouse. Oh, no. Yes, on your warehouse. Excellent. There's just this chorus of thousands of uh, gliding frogs riveting uh, constantly I hate all it. over the warehouse. It's so bad. I just imagine, like, Keva standing a distance from it with, like, an umbrella up and just looking at them and just being like, like, just where did they come from? <laughs> Why do they like the warehouse so much? That's a mystery. Is Hub okay in there? Yeah, Hub is a hologram, so Hub is just yeah. walking in and out through the walls and tisking and looking very put off by this. I was like, are you okay? Hub walks over to Keva. Uh, I'm doing just fine, Keva. It's the warehouse itself that has undergone some difficulties as you can see i'm a little bit concerned that the toxins may breach the membrane on the outside of this structure and get to the supplies inside but hopefully we can get this squared away and taken care of before that happens uh could you perhaps as soon as possible call in the cleanup crew maybe the monster care squad can come and deal with this yep 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 I, that is on the top of my to-do to list Thank you, Keva. I'm going to go and continue monitoring the situation from the inside. And uh, Hub gives a little flourish of their rainbow-colored cloak that they wear now over their rainbow-colored uh, hard light body, and they phase back through the wall into the warehouse. So stylish. Hub has discovered fashion. They're going to be too powerful now. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is, <laughs> it's over it is, now. 
it They're has. Unchained. Yeah, this is amazing. I really want to imagine this cloak now. <laughs> it's like the what is it? The dream coat, I guess. <laughs> Man, are we having a bunch of references to the Pentateuch? Uh, downtime activities. We've made it. Uh, each Strider gets two downtime activities unless the crew is at war or has a vendetta, I think, in which case they get only one. Oh no, it's just at war. If you have a friend, contact, or community member who can help with a downtime activity, take plus one die to your roll. After the roll, you can spend shells to improve the result level. Increase the result level by one for each shell spent. A one to three result becomes a four to five. A four to five result becomes a six. A six becomes a critical. Now you will, um, be familiar with most of these downtime activities. For example, acquire asset and craft, make a return. There's also a long-term project, lose heat, recover, and train. Ones that are new here in uh, Songs of the Dusk that we didn't have in Scum and Villainy are Construct Foundation, Cut Loose, uh, which is a, uh, a different version of your stress removal one, um, and Unwind. So I will walk you through each of these and you can start deciding which two activities you want to take. So acquire asset is gain temporary use of an asset, a contractor such as an expert, a vehicle, one special item or a set of common items, enough for a medium-sized group, a service, transport from a driver, use of a warehouse for temporary storage, legal representation, etc. Temporary use means one significant period of usage that makes sense for the asset usually the duration of one mission. You can also pick up an asset for standby use in the future. Maybe you've hired some mercenaries to help protect your community from an Imperial attack. They'll stick around until after the first serious battle. To acquire the asset, roll your community's prosperity. The result indicates the quality of the asset you get, treating your community's prosperity as tier. Uh, so one to three is minus one, four to five is that level, six is plus one, and critical is plus two. You can spend shells to raise the result of this roll beyond critical by spending two shells for additional tier level added. Uh, I might set a minimum quality level that needs to be reached to get your hands on a particular asset. For example, if you want to get a set of clothes and fake credentials appropriate for a Canthian nobility, you'll need a tier four asset. Lower quality materials won't cut it. If you acquire the same asset again, you get plus one die to your roll. If you continue to reacquire an asset every time it's used, you can effectively rent it indefinitely. If you want to acquire an asset permanently, you can either try to pick it up as a crew upgrade or work on it as a long-term project to set one up for yourselves permanently. So a lot more detail there than uh, we had in Scum and Villainy about the many different ways you can use this uh, skill or this action. Uh, construct Foundation, this is uh, pretty straightforward. To construct a foundation, you need to invest caches equal to the foundation's cost. Then mark where you're building your foundation on the community map and start a four tick clock. You'll typically use shape rolls to work on the foundation, but there are circumstances where it might be more appropriate to use a different action. Fill segments according to the result of your roll. One to three is one segments, four to five is two segments, six is three segments, and critical is five segments. You can make a roll to fill clock segments when you first establish the clock, creating the clock and making the first roll are part of the same downtime action. When the clock fills, the construction is finished. When it finishes, you'll collectively decide which NPC from your community is associated with the foundation. They don't necessarily need to be its leader. Instead, you're choosing the point of contact for your crew. It may not be the head doctor at the clinic or the chief engineer, but they're the nurse or the technician who knows you best. You can either assign an existing community member in the foundation or invent a new character. Go with whichever choice feels more appropriate for the fiction. Certain foundations have additional construction requirements. Complex foundations require a six-tick clock. If a foundation is listed alongside a prosperity level, you need to achieve that level of prosperity in your community before you can build it. Now I'm going to do a quick um, aside here. If you look at the crew sheet here for couriers, you see uh, under there's foundation clocks there. Then below that there's caches and shells. So to gain caches, which are these prosperity zero, one, two, three tracks down here, you have to put a shell into it. So each shell 
purchases uh, one cash. Um, when you invest caches into building a foundation, you don't lose them. So for example, I will fill in the prosperity zero, the first line here, as if we had invested a shell there. Now, if instead I have used it in a foundation, I will mark the bottom box. Each uh, cache has two boxes, a top and a bottom box. The top box means that the cache is available. The bottom box means the cache has been invested in a foundation. It's not gone. It's just uh, it's now in a foundation instead of available to be invested. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Okay. So that's uh, just an aside I wanted to do there. All right. Upgrades. Some foundations can be upgraded to provide you with extra tools or bonuses. When you can start upgrade a foundation, you still invest caches to make a foundation clock, but you don't need to add a new location onto the map or come up with a new NPC. Craft is build an item you've studied the schematics for. The crafting rules are somewhat advanced. For more details, see the crafting rules in Chapter 8, Transcendent Forces. Cut loose. When you cut loose, you and your crew mates release, uh, relieve stress as a group. When you decide to cut loose, ask who's willing to join you and say what you do together to relieve some of the pressure that hangs over you. Only the person leading the cut loose action uses up a downtime activity since they're organizing it and getting everyone together. Once you've decided who's joining you, you'll need at least one other person. Each player rolls to find out how much stress their character loses. Your cut loose roll works like a resistance roll in reverse. You'll roll an attribute rating and clear stress according to your highest result. You roll with your weakest attribute rating since your most vulnerable qualities are the one most need you most need to set at ease. Each player makes an attribute roll using their lowest attribute rating and clear stress equal to the highest die result. As usual, we've got overindulgence as a risk here. If anyone's cut loose roll clears more stress than they had marked, they overindulge. Striders lead stressful lives that few other people understand, and they're not always as careful as they should be when they try to blow off some steam. When you overindulge, something goes wrong in your group. Someone makes a bad call, lets something slip they shouldn't, etc. As a group, pick a consequence from the list below. Lists are disharmony. Uh, you start with one less harmony on your next mission. Something reveals to your crew that maybe they're not as in sync as you thought you were. Uh, that lasts for a mission. Extra trouble. Someone says or does something reckless and it gets around. Roll an extra entanglement or choose one from your notoriety level that seems appropriate. Internal strife. One of you lets a slip a cruel joke, an unkind insecurity, or something else, and tensions flare up in the group. Maybe this turns into an explosive argument, or maybe you all keep the tension simmering just below the surface. But either way, everyone takes one stress after the roll, and any special abilities are applied. Unfocused, whatever night you had, it's made it hard for you to get back into work mode. You take minus one die on your next engagement roll. You can only overindulge once per cut loose action. So if two of you accidentally roll higher than your remaining stress counts, you only pick one consequence. Uh, experiences. Whenever you cut loose, you can choose to add a new experience to your belief clock. Remember your belief clocks on your character sheets. Uh, the experience doesn't have to be specifically related to what you did to cut loose, but you should tell the table what happened during your cutting loose that made you remember that experience. Write that experience down and tick the clock up by one. Long-term projects. We know all about those, right? Do you want me to go over this? Long-term projects are basically how you break the rules or uh, approach your long-term goals. And uh, you will have a clock to put on your crew sheet or your playbook, or rather, sorry, hold on. Okay, you can start a long-term project to keep track of your work on all kinds of goals, negotiating a deal with a nearby city, investigating a mystery, researching a foe, and so on. Even the crafting process is an adaptation of this basic structure. Uh, to start it, tell me what you want to do, then we'll figure out together how many steps we think the project clock should have, label the clock, and put it on the crew sheet and you roll an action uh, and mark segments on the clock. Some projects might be complex and require multiple stages. Maybe you're trying to decode an ancient cipher, but the only people who have the research material you need are total strangers to you. You might need to work on a project to connect with that group before they'll lend you the resources to actually start decoding your work and so on. Lose heat. You can lose heat by working to smooth out your reputation in the inflorescence. Say what your character does to reduce crew heat 
enroll an appropriate action. If you have notoriety, you can also add ticks to the notoriety reduction clock according to your role. Uh, you can always clear heat without adding ticks to the notoriety clock if you want. Sometimes a little infamy can be a useful thing to have on your side. If you do tick the clock up to full, though, reduce your notoriety level by one and clear the clock. Unwind. Now, this is the single person version of Cut Loose, basically. When you unwind, you spend some time with an NPC community member to shed stress. When you decide to unwind, say who you go to and what you do together. You can unwind with a group of NPCs the same as you would an individual. For example, your family, a group of students, or so on. Once you've decided who you go to and what you do together, you're set. The process for unwinding works the same as for cutting loose. Make an attribute roll using your lowest attribute rating and clear stress equal to the highest die result. Now, this has a different list of overindulgences. Commitment. You agree to help a community member with a personal or social project. Decoding a piece of historical trivia, getting flowers for a wedding, etc. Start a clock to reflect this project. Take one stress every downtime that you don't work on the project, including this one. Conflict. You get into a fight with someone associated with a foundation. Your character loses access to that foundation benefits until you can work through the conflict. Your crewmates can still use it if they need to. Yeah, quick question. So it said yes. don't work on that project, you get a stress? Yes. Okay, that's different. No, I mean, that's relatable. That's like real life. Yep. <laughs> that's, <laughs> real. that's true, too. <laughs> It's, uh, I think this is an evolution of the uh, rules in, it might be in base blades, but it's definitely in skull and villainy, sc skull and villainy, um, scum and villainy, where if you have a, uh, a scar in that system, sorry, a trauma in that system, and you don't unwind during that downtime, you take a stress instead. But uh, yeah, so this is, I think, uh, connected to that idea, but it makes a lot more sense mechanically because you made a commitment and you're stressed out if you're not meeting it. Uh, paradigm shift. Someone says or uh, someone says something to you that fundamentally alters your image of yourself. Alter one of your quirks and take two stress after the roll and any special abilities as you adjust to your new self-image. If you don't have any quirks yet, you can't choose this option. Uh, scattered focus. It's hard to get your focus back and one of your projects gets away from you. Untick a foundation or long-term project. Clock by one as you lose track of time and effort or make a mistake. Experiences, just like with cutting loose, you can add a new experience to your belief clock when you unwind. Doesn't need to be the experience of unwinding itself, but you should tell the table what happened during relaxation that made you reflect on that experience. Then write that experience down and take the clock up by one. Recover, you seek treatment to heal your harm. Um, so in general, you all handy at basic medical care. You can successfully care for most of the wounds you receive in the field. Special forms of harm, such as strange poisons, transcendent radiation, etc., might require specialized treatment, but I will tell you if that's the case. When you take the recover action, reduce each instance of harm on your sheet by one level. This reduces all level one harm to level zero, clearing them. Note that while you might be receiving help from a crewmate or NPC in the fiction, it's a recovering character that takes the recovering action. Healing someone else doesn't cost a downtime action for the healer. Healing is mostly rest. So this is a big change from uh, uh, Scum and Villainy. So when you take recover, you don't roll anything. You just reduce every harm by one, which okay. is... I think a lot more forgiving uh, in terms of uh, healing harm over time. Good, since we don't have a doctor anymore. <laughs> uh, train is when you spend time in training, explain what your training looks like or how you sharpen your skill, and mark one experience on the XP track for attribute or playbook advancement. If you have the appropriate crew training upgrade unlocked, mark an extra one experience for two total. You can train a given XP track only once per downtime, but you can train as many times as you have actions. So what do you think? Who's got actions in mind already? Uh, for once, I do. Okay, tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, um, so Ollie uh, would actually like to upgrade Reaching's armor in some way, maybe add something to it. Mike, is there something that Ollie would know that Reaching would really like? 
Huh, that's a good question. If you don't have anything in mind, I'm sure after the last mission, um, Ollie would probably want to make something for reaching that protects um, him a little bit more. Hey, I'll take it. Um, so that would be just craft, right? All right, let's hop down to craft down in chapter eight. eight. I'm so sorry to start you off with this. That's fine. It's exploring <laughs> more of the systems of the game, which is good. Okay, crafting. During downtime, a strider can shape special materials with tools to produce strange tech, build or modify items, create transcendent gadgets, or grow biotechnological tools. The rules for each method are basically the same with different details depending on the type of project. So designing. To design a blueprint for a new invention or piece of gear, you need to decipher its workings as a long-term project. Most new blueprints will need a six-segment progress clock to invent and learn. The player and the MC answer questions about the invention to define what it does in play and what's needed to create it. See below. The player records these answers in their notes for future reference. So you start with a blueprint, right? As the scrapper. Uh, if I do, I do, I guess. I don't see it on my sheet, but that doesn't seem like it's not wrong. I'm pretty sure that you start with one, and we said we would figure out what it was, and then we did not. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like us. Yep. Yeah, um, it's, uh, under Hotfix, you begin with one special blueprint already known. Great. Yeah. Well, then I, we set it up when we needed it. All right. So then we don't even have to worry about the, the blueprint. Yeah. Okay. Assuming this is the thing that you want to be your special blueprint is, was it some type of armoring upgrade for Reaching's cybersuit? Yeah. Armoring upgrade. Okay. Now I wonder how that's going to work mechanically. Oh, babe. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm going to... I'm going to be jumping in the way even more. It's going to be great. Uh, okay, I have an idea for how this will work mechanically. Okay, what's your idea? I think it will add one free use of armor regardless of load per oh, mission. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yes. That, that works. So let's make a note of that. I guess uh, reaching, maybe make a note of that on your sheet somewhere. In one of the free spaces there. Uh, all right, so for, you can craft it by using a downtime activity, see crafting below. Okay. Do you think this is a modification or is it a new thing? I think it's probably a modification of his existing armor. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I don't think you're making a whole nother suit. Yeah. Okay. So modifying gear. Adding a feature or secondary function to a piece of tech is easier than inventing something new. You don't need to design a whole blueprint. You can just make a forging roll to modify an item. Vehicles are an exception to this. You need to craft vehicle upgrades as their own modules. See below. Not technically a vehicle. So a simple useful modification requires tier plus one quality. For example, a rifle that breaks down into two sections can be more easily concealed. A significant modification requires tier plus two quality, strengthening mag accelerator on a spark shot rifle or bow to fire further. A transcendent or biotech modification requires tier plus three quality, a blade charge to cause excessive damage to spirits, a particle shield on a boat to repel transcendent predators. Modified tech like inventions can have drawbacks. So then we don't actually no. need to use my blueprint for no, the modification. So I still have that. Great. Okay, so Ooh. drawbacks. Complex. You'll have to create it in multiple stages. Conspicuous. Doesn't go unnoticed. Take plus one heat if it's used any number of times. Consumable has a limited number of uses. Glitchy. The item produces a dangerous or troublesome side effect for the user specified by me. Uh, a side effect is a consequence and may be resisted. Rare. This creation requires a rare item or material that is forged. Unreliable. Use the item to make a fortune roll using its quality to see how well it performs. Hmm. I don't know if it needs a drawback. It's a fairly straightforward thing. This is a simple, useful modification. You are adding armor plates, basically. Um, yeah, I think we're just going to make the forging roll, and it will require uh, tier one quality, which means that in order to successfully make this modification, you will need to roll 
was it a four or above? Let me just double check the crafting rolling rules. Okay, crafting roll, downtime activity, make a shape roll, determine the quality level of the item you produce. The base quality level is equal to your community's prosperity, modified by the result of the roll. Oh, okay, so you would need to roll a six for this to work. Well, thankfully I have a two in shape, so <laughs> fingers crossed. Now you do still have, uh, I believe there's still a harmony available and you can push yourself or uh, if you have a an NPC who can assist you uh, or a connection who can assist you, you can get an additional die on that as well. What if it's SGM armor plating and Enrin is helping Ollie? Ollie will take the help. Okay. Uh, so in order to do that, I guess, uh, Ollie, you'll need to go to the textiles place in the bazaar to Emron's machine shop. Uh, do we want to just do the roll or do we want to do any role play around that? I'm good with just the roll. Yeah, let's just do the roll. Okay. So uh, you have two to start with uh, from your shape skill. You get plus one from working with Emron. And do you want to spend a harmony? It will refresh at the start of the next mission to two anyway. Yeah, let's use a harmony. This, this armor is about to be crazy. That brings you up to four dice. Okay. Oh, God. And you get a plus one. Pressure's on. One result. I believe in you. Hey. Oh, thank you God. You crit. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's an Emrin six there. <laughs> yeah. That was totally Emrin. Oh, my God. Look at all those twos and threes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, Ollie, you are successful in crafting this modification. SGM shielding plates on uh, Reaching's Cybersuit. Yay! So that means so Reaching, true. you get uh, one free armor use permission. You probably have to get it touched up like between missions so that it doesn't disintegrate or whatever the case may be. Sounds good. Okay, who's next? Who's else has got something they want to do? I could unwind. With whom is Reaching going to unwind? Like a NPC or a community group? Uh, I want to unwind with Headbutt Swan Dive. All right. I want to know uh, why he didn't help out, or why did why didn't they help out? Very confused. <laughs> okay, uh, so you take some time to go out. Uh, what do you and Headbutt Swan Dive do together? I think that Reaching tries to help Headbutt, like get get raw materials to craft craft more masks, and like runs paint over to them a few times. But then just Headbutt Swan Dive doesn't take any of the things that Reaching brings to them, <laughs> and it's just an exercise in being confounded. Understandable. Okay, so you make an attribute rolling using your lowest attribute rating. Uh, I think you add a die because you're with another NPC member, and then you roll. So your lowest is semiosis at 1D, so you can add an extra die to that unwind roll. Okay, so you clear three of your six stress. Yeah, I think Headbutt Swan Dive is fairly non-committal. Anytime you ask them questions about why they didn't help, um, the most you get out of them is just basically like, it was not the time, or it was not seen for me. So that I think is probably frustrating, but you do still get that uh, that time sort of relaxing, working with them on their artistic pursuits, uh, even if you don't get exactly what you wanted out of that interaction. What a freak. Who came up with that guy? <laughs> probably some ne'er-do-well. Uh, Keva or uh, Jojo? Yeah, I mean, I would totally know what to do if Keva had any stress or harm, but roll 20 likes uh unlike sorry no rule 20 does not like me um but unlike rule 20 discord does like me so i didn't get any stress or harm in the last mission so i think keva is going to train okay 
What is Keva going to train? Uh, let me double check. Do we have any? We do not have any training upgrades Correct. as yet. Okay. I definitely think I wanted to add a, let me go back to Keva's character sheet. Okay. I definitely wanted to add, train something in Kinesis since Keva only has one skill in that. So which one will she do? Kinesis? Mm. You train the attribute. Okay. So you would train Kinesis. Okay. So yes, I will train Kinesis. I'm sorry. What is Keva doing to train her, her, her body in this way? The first thing that popped into my head was calisthenics. <laughs> That's no. perfectly fine response. Maybe it's stretching. <laughs> All right, yeah, and you just oh, smart. No. Honestly, I think she's on a treadmill because she realized when she didn't run that fast, she's like, oh, I need to I need to get back into I need to learn how to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> Running on a treadmill. All this time I must go fast. <laughs> The screen ahead of the treadmill is just showing Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> the beloved character, Sonic the Hedgehog, that everyone in the future loves and idolizes. Of course, that's the one. That one. All right. Let me double check the sheet. What do I roll? Uh, I just add the... XP. I don't roll. Yeah, you just add an XP. Okay. The Church of the Hog or Chog. Oh, wow. You. Does, that, does that mean that like CD has a altar also to Sonic? We, we must we must stop. <laughs> this is unholy. No, it's the opposite. It's extremely holy. Okay. Uh so <laughs> Jojo. Oh hi. It me. Not Dio, but Jojo. Mm-hmm. So I think I want to train my my tune. Okay. So that'll be training your semiosis. Yes. What's this look like for Jojo? So Jojo's used to kind of like the more consistent magical energies of Nazoth. Here, uh, they're a little more, uh, I think of the word, scattered is probably the closest word I can think of right now. So Jojo will kind of run around uh, and seek out some areas where, you know, kind of this magic or kind of essence of the city uh, are most concentrated. Okay, probably finding places like different spots in the Pox Cauldron or around the Maw. Um, definitely the Wittershins would be a concentration of this type of energy for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and they also just spend like a good two hours just kind of watching uh, Headbun Swan Dive and learning from them. <laughs> just observing the enigma. So, Damn you, Swan Dive. I have a question. What yeah. does Nazra, uh, what does where, I, I don't want to try to pronounce it, where Jojo came from, what does that magic taste like? And what does Medalistead's magic taste like? Uh, surprisingly, Jojo, as a shark, does not taste magic, but I think the magic of Nazoth feels um, very constant, almost like, you know, treading water in a calm body of water. Hmm. Uh, and Medalistead, I think it's more, it's almost like a very slow down dubstep. Like it's just constant little blips here and there. Hmm. Interesting. Oh my God, it's a lo-fi beat. <laughs> it's a lo-fi, it's a lo-fi beat. <laughs> To chill or yeah. relax, too. Hell yeah. Lo-fi beats to semiosis, too. There we go. Oh, no. That brings us back up to the top. Second round of downtime actions. Ollie? Yeah, so I was actually thinking about doing analysis training and um, having that training have been part of Ollie working on their project uh, for the armor. Okay. So as they're working, they're learning new skills, maybe uh, experiencing what it's like to work with SGM more in detail with, uh, with Emron. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So mark a box next to analysis. Done. And same with Jojo. 
put an X in one of the boxes next to semiosis and that'll fill it in with that nice pink on these Solid. great sheets that uh, that uh, Quinn made. Okay, uh, and let's see, uh, reaching? Hmm. I think I'll do some semiosis training. Okay. And um, stealing from stealing from Trudy, I'll, I'll say that I was learning, I was trying to learn how to relate to other sentients better while I was talking to Headbutt Swan Dive, and I don't know, I, I picked that Sisyphean battle. <laughs> Hard mode training. Okay, so mark a semiosis box. Kappa? Okay. Um... Can we come back to me because I'm trying to figure out a long-term project for Keva? Okay, Jojo. Uh, mm, I'm trying to think of a long-term project for Jojo. Uh, you know, I think one of the main things Jojo is here to do is learn different styles of combat to add to their own repertoire. Uh, so I think, if possible, uh, I, I would like them to have a small training montage with Headbutt Swan Dive. Okay, and. What type of training will that be? Learning how to transition from a swan dive into a headbutt. <laughs> and sorry, uh, what what action, what downtime action is this? So I want I want it to be like a long term project as far as JoJo picking up new fighting tricks. I don't oh, okay. know if that's a viable long term project though. Um, hmm. Or if that would just be like skirmish training. That's probably just more kinesis training, but you've already trained kinesis track once this downtime. Um, what a long term project? I, sorry, go ahead. I trained semiosis. Uh, as oh, sorry. Yes, I was looking at Kevin's sheet. Yes, so you could just put, uh, you could just do that as kinesis training if you wished. Yeah, you know what? I'll do that while I figure out a more uh, viable long-term goal. Yeah, we're just, you know, literally the first session, so we're probably still figuring more stuff out for these characters. Okay, let's do experience, and then we'll talk faction stuff. Oh, I didn't actually do the long-term. Oh, sorry. Are you ready now? Project. Yeah. Okay. I am pretty sure. Well, I actually wanted to ask that is constructing a fountain is long term project would that count as getting the frogs removed? No. To get the frogs removed, you spend shells equal to half the cost of the foundation rounded up. So one shell. And then the frogs are gone and the warehouse is usable again. So that won't count as one of my actions. Okay. So then the you, long. You could do research on the frogs. <laughs> That would be a Ooh, project. We need to weaponize their secretions. I don't think that that's a Kevin move to pull. Um, <laughs> don't tell Maeve about the frogs. <laughs> I'm sure Maeve knows about the frogs. <laughs> yeah, Maeve already knows about the frogs. Maeve has already said that once the... I don't want really to talk for Maeve, but I imagine that Maeve has told Keva that once they're removed, Maeve wants the frogs. Sorry, I missed that last part. She wants the frogs? She wants the frogs. Once wants to have the frogs? Probably. Okay. Okay, so start a long-term project. You just tell me what you want to do, and then we'll figure out how many steps it'll be. So is there something that Keva wants to work on long-term, either for herself, for her family, or for the crew, or the community at large? I'm trying to figure this out. <sighs> Could try to learn more about demons, or... No, I, I have an idea of what I want. It's just, it's hard to explain. It's basic. I think you're going to have to cut this out uh, okay. so that the listeners don't hear, but to cut this out. So after talking a little bit about it, we've decided that Keva, the name for this six-step clock is mentorship. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm going to call Keva's character sheet. Okay, so you don't need to say the thing or person that you are mentoring but what action are you using is keva using at this point in the mentorship process 
this is terrible. <laughs> this Keva, is, you know, if you want to keep this secret, then we will need to work around it in this way. No, I mean, it's terrible that Keva is going to have uh, the protege or intern mentor E. Mentee, yeah. Yeah, help uh, her coordinate getting the frogs off of the warehouse okay. and then delivering the frogs to Maeve. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, probably not all of them because there are thousands, yeah. but yeah, perhaps no. one or two. All right. So is this a connect or a, you think? That I am rolling? Yes, because you have to roll something. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely connect. Okay. So roll your connect rating. Okay. That is 2D. I have to go back to the dice. Three. Okay. Uh, it's okay. It was not the most heartfelt of tasks. Yeah. So fill in one segment of that clock, and that will be the uh, first step. So perhaps your uh, mentee had some difficulty uh, with the face-to-face -face, um, meeting and giving instructions with uh, the Monster Care Squad. And, uh, you know, had some difficulty with it, but was still able to get the task completed at yes. the end of the day. Or we found out that the mentee really doesn't like frogs. Could be either way. I know that I have a problem with frogs ever since they decided to fall in my hair multiple times. Understandable. I see. Are we agreed to spend one of the shells that you earned uh, in the name of clearing the warehouse frogs, paying off the Monster Care Squad to come and get rid of them? Load though it pains me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Spend the wanted, shell. Yeah. It would if nobody wanted to spend our shells, it would have been Keva because she feels bad. Now that leaves you with five shells. Woo. Well, that's a lot more shells than I thought we had. Well, you you, you don't start with any, so that's uh, I think worth worth knowing there. So you've got five now and uh for your shells here. And the question is, what do you want to do with these five shells? Do you want to convert them into caches? Do you want to keep them available for dealing with future entanglements or to pay for upgrading future downtime actions? Yeah, I want to put two in a cache and then just keep three liquid. Why not have one gaseous though? Well, let's, one, let's superheat one into a plasma. So would you like me to... imagine Jojo saying, like, Jojo saying that and then... Reaching, saying that, and Kevin's like looking back and forth, like, but we wouldn't be able to use either of them then. The goof has gone too far. <laughs> okay. You mustn't goof like this. You mustn't. <laughs> I've converted two of them into caches, and we've got three shells uh, liquid at the moment. Okay. Let's talk experience. You'll notice that the crew playbook does not have experience triggers like they did in Scum and Villainy and most other Forge in the Dark games. That is because in order to fill the crew experience track, you need to invest your own, uh, your own experience points into the crew track instead of into yourself if you want to advance the crew. So let's take a look at your individual experience tracks. Would anyone like to go first for the experience process? Uh, I volunteer as tribute. Okay. Jojo. If we look at the XP triggers at the bottom of your playbook in the middle. At the end of each session, review the following triggers. For each yes, mark one experience. If you acted on that trigger multiple times, mark two instead. Did you address a challenge with endurance or intercept danger before it could strike? And if anyone wants to chime in with uh, examples that they noticed of this during the session, you're welcome to. Uh, for example, I think addressing a challenge with endurance would include uh, when you were moving the uh, crew 
across the fire car uh, and your own leap at the end there required a great deal of endurance to do all of that throwing and leaping. I would agree. Was there any other times you feel that you acted on that experience trigger, either challenge with endurance or intercept danger before it could strike? I would say maybe punching the demon lock before anybody else got hurt trying to deal with it. Okay. So mark two experience. That was super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shared the detail that uh, you all chose to punch a haunted lock rather than try to pick it or negotiate it uh, with um, the, uh, the MC of the other Songs for the Dusk podcast that's spooling up. <laughs> and he shared with me that their Aegis in their first mission also punched a lock. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> it's a good vibe. <sighs> Not a haunted lock, but uh, a lock punched all the same. We call that the open sesame maneuver. <laughs> the mouth. Yeah. Right in the That's mouth. A, Devin, by the way, is, a, is the name of the head of that podcast. Okay. Uh, did you express your heritage, background, or anchors? So your heritage being Nazoth, your background, warrior on a quest, your anchor, part of your world, move like you, talk like you. Uh, I would say probably just warrior on a quest. I, I addressed uh, everything, uh, you know, as kinetically as I could and didn't really stop to negotiate or uh, logic stuff out. Okay, so we're at three experience currently. Did you struggle with issues from your belief or quirks? Your belief being, uh, where is it written down on here? Oh no, did I lose it? Where's my belief? Uh... It should be oh yeah the community is a safe place for me and my loved ones and the people here need me to protect it did you struggle with issues from that or from you don't have any quirks yet no no quirks yet uh no i don't think i struggled with that that was pretty much my my compass uh throughout the encounter okay so you have three experience here you can mark this in your playbook track the overall playbook track is uh, uh next to the special abilities header you can mark it in one of your attribute tracks or you can put it into the crew experience and you can divide it up however you wish. Uh, I think I'm leaving in my playbook for now. Okay, cool. All right. right on. So that is the experience process for our Aegis Jojo. Who would like to go next? Well, I don't mind going next. All right, Keva. Okay, so for XP. Did you address a challenge with empathy <laughs> or talk your way out of a tough situation? <laughs> talking to the demon? Just talking that, like, being like, no, look, you need to... You really need to listen to me and uh, mend this contract. Yeah, you did that for sure. Um, talk your way out of a tough situation was would be dealing with the contract and challenge with empathy. I feel like there was a scene in there. I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it with Tirzo? I think there was uh, empathy expressed towards Tirzo uh, at the beginning there. So I would put two experience for that. Uh, did you express your heritage, background, or anchors? Your anchors are duty, taking care of your community, relationship with Emran Pak, or your curiosity into the unknown. Your heritage being Hablon, and your background being a sunbreaker. Yeah, unknown. Kevin <laughs> was really on board, being like, okay, keep going to go on this ship, and yeah. duty, just being gung-ho on, let's get on this and stop this thing. Okay, so you're taking care of your community by dealing with the train, and your into the unknown curiosity, I think, is... Mm -hmm. on there as well so that's four so far um did you struggle with issues from your belief or quirks you've only got one of your quirks listed here what was the second yeah, one the second one i forget exactly what it was i need to go back and listen to the podcast but yeah it randomly disappeared for some unknown reason okay i don't think the egg fear factored in today i'm pretty sure the other one didn't 
Um, so no. Okay. And your belief, this community trusts me. I need to prove myself worthy. Did you struggle with that? Not really. Okay. So you have four experience available to you to divide up however you wish throughout your uh, attribute tracks, your playbook track, and the crew yeah. track. Uh, I'm going to put one into playbook, one into kinesis, and then I will put the other two into uh, uh, playbook or for the crew. the crew. Sorry, I misspoke there. Okay. I'll pop those in here. Okay. Thank you. Uh, reaching or Ollie? Can do me next. All right. Ollie, oxen free. Do, do, do. Your XP is on the left side of the bottom because your tech belt gadgets are on the middle there. Yeah. Okay. Did you address a challenge with technical know-how or devise unexpected uses for the tools at hand? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, there was at least, at the very least, the scene where you're attempting to shut down the train and the uh, communicating with the demon using your flashlight, I think. So that's two experience yep. there. Did you express your heritage, background, or anchors? Your heritage being the Rodero Bloom, your background being labor repair person, and your anchor, I want to be able to create and repair anything. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely the repair person and the, the anchor, I think, was coming into play of dealing with this new technology to you. So we're at four. You struggle with issues from your belief or quirks. Your belief is my community can count on me for anything involving tech, but not much else. Did you struggle with that belief? I don't think so, no. Okay, so that is four experience for you to divide up however you wish. All right, I think I'm going to put that towards my playbook. Okay. That was way less painful than I thought it would be. I like that. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. And that brings us to reaching our Kestrel. Woo. Did you address a challenge with physical prowess or use your surroundings to your advantage? Definitely we're sneaking. Uh, I think there's definitely the physical prowess in there a couple of times. There was protecting Ollie and there was using your, um, your, your rifle to fire the mushroom spore. It doesn't mean that you necessarily succeeded, but you certainly addressed the challenge. I tried. Physical prowess. <laughs> uh, so that's two there. Did you express your heritage, background, or anchors? Your heritage being Centauran Flotilla, your background being a military scout, and your anchors being commitment to your life partners, life partners, not life parties, duty to the flotilla remnants, and peace to establish a lasting one. Um, I would say I kept things military in my scouting methodology and i definitely wanted to protect ollie and I, I tried to establish peace with bernie and that worked out okay that brings us up to four Ooh. did you struggle with issues from your belief or quirks the community is a safe place for me and my loved ones and the people here need me to protect it i don't think i struggled i just made a flippant remark about how people in the misfits can't be trusted hmm. okay so again four experience for you to divide up as you wish i will put I'm going to put um, two in analysis and two in semiosis. Okay. Easy peasy. Now then, that brings us to reading rhythms. Communities shift and change over time. Their hopes, needs, and values are constantly in flux. Uh, at the end of each downtime, you'll all have a chance to decide how much change there's been in the rhythm of community life. When they reach the end of downtime, everyone should take a chance to go over your community's ideals. Then each player, including me, can choose to tick or untick the community's ideals clock by one. Make the decision as a player based on how you read the community rather than based on what your character's perceptions might be. Tick the clock whenever you think an event has happened that either pushes the community towards new beliefs or values, which is a tick, or has made them more comfortable uh, with what they know. You can untick it. You can, of course, always choose to leave the clock as is if you think there hasn't been a significant push in either direction. 
or if you think events might cancel each other out and leave the community in basically the same place. Ticking and unticking the clock doesn't happen in any particular order, and there's no need to keep it a secret. Feel free to discuss your choices with the other players and to make your decision based on what other people at the table might choose. The ideal's clock is eight ticks in total. And we can see that uh, on the crew courier sheet, community ideals strive to be good at many things rather than excellent at one. I think anything has happened to, uh, in this case, there are no ticks on it. So you think anything has happened to push the community towards new beliefs or values? I mean, they might have some feelings about, uh, God, what was the name of the the group that got us all into this mess? Misfit School for Interdimensional Travel? Yeah, I think that they would probably be a little bit more... I don't know, negative towards them. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they feel, are starting to feel that's one of the things maybe we don't need to be good at or even excellent at. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. So do you think uh, the fallout from the Misfit School yet again causing a reality-threatening uh, danger might cause uh, a push towards a new set of beliefs for the community? If so, we can tick this up. Yes, I think so. But what does everyone else think? Yeah, let's ask in the table. Yeah, I think that that, yeah, this event would absolutely influence the way that uh, the community feels about striving to be good at everything. Yeah, I think that they would be more like, oh, maybe we shouldn't mess with the laws of reality this way. <laughs> okay, so I'll put one tick in the community ideals clock. I forgot to ask you, reaching, Mike, you did an unwind. What experience, did you have any experience during the unwind that you think related to your community belief? Mm. It says here under unwind, like cutting loose, you can add a new experience to your belief clock when you unwind. As before, your experience doesn't need to be the unwinding experience itself, but you should tell the table what happened during that that made you reflect on that experience and write that experience down and tick the clock up by one. So in your time with Headbutt Swan Dive, I think uh, Reaching suffered the intrusive thought that there are some uh, beings in uh, Medley Stead that are just far, so far beyond the, the order of magnitude of like your regular sentient that he doesn't understand. Is like, does this place need me to protect it? Me, me in particular? So you can note that down and put a tick in your experiences track there. Okay, now there is... Uh, we can talk here about your factions and their goals. So uh, this is in the running the game section. If you go down to faction prep on page 131, uh, because so faction prep might be a little tougher. Fullest factions is filled out, okay. So faction clocks, as you start to build missions, you'll probably end up drawing on a few factions whose interests, relationships, and conflicts might serve as complications or even core objectives on the cruise missions. During downtime, these factions have goals too. How do you keep track of what they're up to? Currently, each faction has a clock, which tracks their progress towards their current major goal. In general, you can roll the faction's tier as a fortune roll to see how much progress they make on their clocks. Think of these clocks like faction-scale long-term projects. If they make progress toward their faction goal, they'll tick more steps on the clock. Of course, they are descriptive, not prescriptive. A faction clock should reflect what's actually going on in the fiction. If some fictional event, such as the crew's actions, the efforts of a rival faction, or so on, seem like they should set the clock back, then set it back. If the faction's dice pool seems too high based on recent events, knock it down by a couple dice, and maybe consider reducing their tier. Use faction clocks to reflect the existing progress, not to create it. You should roll faction clocks before or during downtime so that factions advance their long-term goals at the same time as the crew. If you want to signal progress on certain clocks, you can talk about rumors filtering into the community about factional movements, strange events, etc. Uh, let's see here. 
You can keep them secret or not. Uh, you should always ground these clocks in the fiction. Even if you and the players have decided to keep the clocks concealed, you should still let rumor and gossip filter in about faction movements and progress. When a faction clock completes, the news should definitely filter into your player's community unless the faction is incredibly secretive. Faction goals are a pretty big deal. Treat them as news and gossip worthy and they'll help you feel that much more alive. I hope the world feel that much more alive. So we have um, in the Notion document, uh, the Notion site that I sent you, the factions that you have adopted have been set up here with uh, with your information. So uh, what to look at here is your faction clock currently. So um, the penitent faction is uh, under Keekers' control and the Free Realms Commission is under Mike's control. The Bizarre Merchants Collective is under Trudy's control. And the others are all, for now. oh, Hadestown is uh, under Velvet's control. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about one of our NPCs? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, because I really like one of the people, the big people on uh, the penitent is uh, Chris Broomhead. Yes. A political activist and was one of the people locked up in the freezer back on the station. Okay, yeah. A political activist who had been in that big prison that uh, mm -hmm. that slip liberated. Yes, sorry. I keep on referring it to referring to it as the freezer because I'm sure yeah. many people called it that colloquially. The deep freeze. That's about right. I just like uh his last name. That's all I was gonna say, honestly. <laughs> Uh, so the uh, the penitent, the faction that you have uh, chosen to run here, Keekers, they have a project they're working on, a six tick clock. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that project? Or... Yeah, a little bit. Um, not too much. Don't want to show all my cards here or the penitent's cards. Uh, currently, the penitent are are building certain things all over the city. Nobody really knows what. But, uh, but they've sought permission from the yeah. neighborhoods that they're building in to build these things there and have received yes. it. Or maybe yes. that's the first step of their clock. They need to get that permission. Well, that's a possibil uh, possibility. So to uh, tick up a faction clock, you roll their tier. Uh, and so in this case, that's one. So you can just roll a die. Just, just one dice. Okay. Yeah. Ah, they got a five. Okay. Uh, so much like a long-term project, uh, you tick it the same way as you would with a long-term project. So let me just pull that back up so that we can be clear on it. So you roll the four or five, that means you tick two segments of the clock. So you can put two out of six there in that clock. Okay. So that is the penitent. Uh, the Free Realms Commission. Mike, you want to talk us talk to us a little bit about this? Yeah, so... Uh, you don't have to reveal everything about the clock, obviously, if you don't want to. But. Sure. I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> I think that for the sake of entertainment, um, the the PCs hear about, probably from Tirzo, if not another member of the uh, Misfit School, that the FRC is in a, a period of downsizing, hmm. whatever that means, or whether or not that's even what's happening. But yeah. Okay. All right. So you want to roll the, uh, the, roll, the, roll the die for the Free Realms Commission. Okay. A three. That means you fill in one segment of the clock. Now, Trudy, did you get a chance? Do you want us to come back to you or? I think I have a good idea. Um... I'm pretty sure that they're probably trying to get more merchandise from um, far off lands. They probably wouldn't be very secretive about that um, because it's better for more people to know their goals and for less people to know their goals, especially since some other groups might have goals that align with their own. Okay. So currently there is one stable rift that is in uh, Capybara Owl's old burrow, and that stable rift uh, leads from. Uh, the Rodero Bloom to the Anthophita Republic, 
which is a tier two weak citizenship. Uh, it's a neighboring Kroll that's home to an expansionist melting pot republic seeking to annex every community they come across. Uh, they seem to have a way to force rifts between blooms. So there has been very limited contact with them so far, but we know that they exist and that rift appears to be stable. So it might be trying to establish some kind of uh, trade route. Yeah, that works. That was exactly what I was thinking. Okay, great. Um, so I think establishing a trade route won't be too difficult. It's the stuff that comes afterwards that's going to be a problem Yeah. when you're dealing with an expansionist empire, basically. So we should say that's a four tick clock. Okay. And you can roll your uh, three dice for that because the Mazar Merchants Collective is tier three. Damn. That's a crit. Okay. <laughs> last, last tier, Trudy. <laughs> <laughs> you fill uh, five segments of that four segment clock. Wow. Um, yeah so yeah i think uh we'll need to figure out uh for the top of the next mission session what that looks like or how that news makes its way into the community okay okay uh so moving up we've got the wayfinders guild uh the wayfinders guild has a uh, six tick clock currently they are working on controlling or rather uh mapping rift uh destinations so they want to be able to better understand if there is any correlation between where a rift physically opens and which reality it connects to. Uh, so that's something the Wayfinders Guild is currently working on. So I'll roll the dice for them. That's a tier three. That's a six. So that means I will fill in three segments on that clock. So I think uh, having access to the uh, Misfit School's train, or rather the data gathered by the researchers, on the train, they don't agree with how the data was captured, but they are using the data in pursuit of their own uh, information here, along with uh, assistance from Dr. Moonlock Powerbomb and other interdimensional travelers. All right. And the last faction that was, uh, that is under my control, rather, that had anything to do with the last mission is the Misfit School for Interdimensional Travel. Uh, they have a clock, which is to attempt to establish an unmonitored workspace. And uh, that is currently at zero out of six. And I will roll for that. Fooey on those guys. And that is a three tier three. And they also rolled a six. So I'll put in three what? ticks there. All right, so but they're such bad noodles. Everybody's rolling are, five and sixes. Uh, you know, these are the, <laughs> these are in a lot of ways, they're the magical tech bros, basically. Hard being Progress a pirate. All. Oh boy. Eli they're the Magitech bros. Magitech no. bros. Um, okay, and Hades Town, Velvet. You want to tell us uh, anything about this? Absolutely. Uh, unlike the Magic Tech Bros, Hades Town is a completely legitimate and transparent organization. It's basically made up of the swarm that's still under Mabe Sway and the Vermintide. Unless that term is going to get a suit by Games Workshop, in case they're just ra in, the, in that case they're just racking. <laughs> and it's basically uh, just a big manufacturing hub. Due to the pop, uh, there was an influx of, you know, magical gems in addition to just the kind of raw minerals uh, under the earth that Hades Town has ample access to. Okay. So they basically just make cool stuff all the time. Okay. And for the long-term project, uh, they're working on something called the Labyrinth, which is uh, an independent portal used solely for research. Of course, only research. Uh, so Hades Town is a tier four faction, so you can roll four dice for that. Right on. Why don't you do it? I, I, I'm going to do it for the vine. You're doing it. Oh, you did hey. it. Everybody got a six. You got a six. All right. So fill in three segments there. Okay. And I will deal with the 
um, the other factions that are doing things right now uh, off screen, as it were, mostly Anthophita Republic stuff. And I think Concord Lagoon is up to something. Okay, that is good. That is uh, what's going on here, which brings us to free play, which is, are there any scenes that you would like to do, any role playing that you would like to do? that would happen between missions, characters you want to meet up with, uh, conversations you want to have, etc. One thing I wanted to do, just just because I like Hub, and I like where that was going with just Keva coming back, being like, okay, so uh, I got the Monster Care Squad to, to get rid of all the frogs. Ah, yes. I observed as your protege dealt with them uh, on a social basis. Uh, I, I have some tips that I could share with her uh, at a later time. However, the task was completed, the frogs have been removed, and the toxins have been cleaned. So the contents of your warehouse are once more accessible and are no longer in danger of contamination. Uh, so congratulations on your successful mentoring. Well, I'm just glad that you're happy and everything's okay and that, you know, everything worked out. I knew that it would. I have only the utmost trust in your abilities and reliability, Keva. Oh, thank you very much. Keva just stops. Hub <laughs> <laughs> folds their hands and into the large sleeves of their robe for a moment. Was there anything else, Keva? You appear distracted. It was just a weird trip, you know. I'm 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 at a demon that's not a daemon. It, it learning about all these other mythologies and other creatures is is a lot sometimes yes of course especially coming as you are from a culture that had been cut off from knowing about the existence of other cultures and species and other worlds that you've adapted as well as you have over the past six or seven years is uh speaks well to your character yeah uh it's hard because you know there used to be a team and, and then the team wanted to retire or do other things and then it was just keva is the one doing this stuff not that i have any problem with them all pursuing other things it's just sometimes i miss working with them on weird adventures of not that not that also i don't like my new teammates they're all really great and funny and very good at posing yes i've been observing uh jojo's posing abilities with great interest i would like to perhaps learn more Go ahead and ask them. I'm sure they'd love to teach you. <laughs> Hub nods. Perhaps I shall. Oh, uh, just quick question. I think that's the end of the scene. How long has it been since the infler? Uh, since you know we got swallowed whole. I think we said it has been a couple years. Okay, so plural years. Yeah, long enough for uh, Medleystead to find its feet, but not really to start thriving yet. Okay. And I don't know if we'd all talked about how long the team has been together. I don't know. It can't be, it can't really be more than a year because I think the, like the actual interdimensional exploration stuff uh, didn't happen until uh, they, until uh, Dr. Moonlock Powerbomb came through and sort of noted that, hey, this is possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So long enough for us to become a team and learn to start to work well together, but not enough for everything to normalize I mean, not at least not for keva because keva is used to working with you know with with mave and with emran and uh you know even with zora and and zonin so it's a big change for her to be working with these folks instead yeah uh we all okay all okay setting 
canon team formed about three months ago. Yeah, I think a few months works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it works for me. Well enough to know one another, but not well enough to know everything about one another. <laughs> I'm sure that Ollie and uh, Reaching have known each other longer. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So I'm sure too. Yep. I think that it's just been, you know, Keva decided to put together a team. So Thank how you. did how did Keva put together the team? Yeah, we never really talked about this. I think it's with, you know, working through the Wayfinders Guild. Like, presumably you got in touch with them or they came to you and asked, you know, would you like to head up this initiative? And then, you know, either Keva or Ruth uh, appeared in the post credit scenes of each of the individual movies and was like, can I talk to you about the Myriad? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Can we maybe do some of that in, in free play? <laughs> Matt, are you trying to to set up the, the Broken Sun Cinematic Universe right here? <laughs> we already have, given all the different side stories we've had. It definitely is a BSCU. <laughs> <laughs> Sobs. Sobs, indeed. Just imagine Does... Keva, Keva being like, Jojo, Joe. Sorry, I'm bad at pronouncing things. Hi, I'm Keva Jarma. Nice to meet you. I'm Joan Jaws, but my friends call me Jojo. Okay, Joan Jaws. Is it okay if I call you Jojo? I prefer that you did. No one calls me my full name unless there's a problem. That's a lot easier for me to say. Sorry, I'm not used to saying names different. Uh, uh, sorry, this is all weird and I'm coming off awkward, which happens all the time. So I should be used to it, but I'm not. Anyway. Um, maybe you know about me. Uh, I'm Keva Jarma, one of the people that helped founded Medley Set. But aside that, I was wondering if you would like to join me on a team of solving problems. That is the team. That's what we do. That because, sounds just fine to me. Solving problems sounds like a pretty good way to pass the time. Yes, and um, I, I don't mean to be rude. This is meant as a compliment. You're very beefy and, well... Several beefy individuals that I know didn't want to do it, and you seem like a good person that is beefy and would be a good addition to the team. We've <laughs> <laughs> got this beef quota that I've got. We need more beef. The beef quota. When I came oh, to Ruth uh, with my team idea, she said, "Where's the beef?" <laughs> I would say oh, JoJo's more really? fishy than beefy, but the compliment is appreciated. No, JoJo is the beef of the sea. Oh, yeah, she's a manatee. That popular film, Sea Beef. I would watch that film. I just, oh, our, please, Ruth, you <laughs> need more beef. Where's the beef? What? Kevin, you need some beef for your team. <laughs> yes. If people start shooting bullets at you, who's going to stand in the way? You? I don't think so. I am short, Keva says. She lets that hang for a moment. <laughs> then find someone tall and stand behind them. Sounds good. It gives you a dossier full of potential options of beefy folks. The different flavors of beef. <laughs> <laughs> then Keva obviously was like, beef of the sea. Haven't tried mm. that. <laughs> That's true. You had desert beef. Now here's the sea beef. Uh, wow. <laughs> no, don't give the ammunition i'll use it oh uh any other scenes you would like to anyone would like to do 
with different characters or to show your characters exploring something or pursuing something or your factions or any of your characters from other seasons you want to check in on anything that you want to do you're welcome to do during this session and of course in future sessions as well just <laughs> so you're aware this is a part of the of the game process that we don't have to do but it's if you want to explore other things going on in the world free play is is the time for it that's usually how you start and end a session you start off in free play and then you end off in free play but it's not mandatory if you don't feel like it i mean it doesn't even have to be these characters right correct like if someone wanted to have swan dive randomly show up and talk to someone else we can do that yeah all options are on the table here headbutt swan dive was headbutt swan dive in the dossier uh, i think ruth knows that headbutt swan dive is not a team player you can't rely on headbutt swan dive to be there when they're needed i think it's the yeah. is the opinion that ruth holds about them damn brutal I feel, yeah i feel like headbutt is more of a gandalf than a sam more of a hulk <laughs> <laughs> more of a Hulk. <laughs> oh no! Does that mean like, oh, nobody knows who who's in charge of the Avengers because they're all so I'm in charge, but then all a couple of them are saying that at once. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, especially now. But we do know yeah. who's in charge of the Myriad, which is Keva's the current leader of the Myriad, and Ruth is her contact in the Wayfinders Guild, which is like your parent organization. Yeah. The Wayfinders Guild, in turn, is monitored by the Concord Lagoon, who just basically keep their eyes on everybody around in Medleystead and make sure that nobody is, for example, building interdimensional demon trains without checking with everybody first. Hmm. Yeah, right? Can you imagine? You know, just as a random hypothetical, just in case someone were building a massive interdimensional portal in a crazy tunnel system it's just complete hypothetical no no that would never no, happen you really got to worry about those demon train folks uh and the misfit school there are uh, some bad eggs i love that none of you asked me what what are the penitent up to nobody's worried i i i, I mean i just always assume it's something bad yeah, you listed uh the hayes town as being the enemies of the penitent and i'm like where did this beef come from I, I mean, that's just a turtle beef with the remnants of Gov. Mm. True like, enough. You, you got you to tear that hunk of beef out of Maeve's cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> I love that our free play has been centered around beef. Uh, okay. So if we don't have any particular scenes we, f we were excited or feel a burning desire to do right now, we can start talking about what we want to do what kind of thing we'd like to do for our next session. We'd like our next mission to be uh, like, are, are there any particular factions that you are interested in interacting with? Any regions you would like to go to? Do you want to focus more on a local issue or do you want to go to another place, for example? Local, yeah. Gotta get our own house in order. Sure, why not? Okay, I'll make a note here for a local issue. Are there any particular factions you'd be interested in interacting with for a mission? Either they are a target or an employer for you. Um, because we hit that five on the clock for the Bizarre Merchants Collective, I think it'd be cool to do something involving them. And I'm yeah, down. Yeah. Involving their goal. So related to the trade route. Mm. Okay, I can, I can have some ideas uh, about that. Any characters you would like to see potentially appear in relation to this? They don't have to be Bizarre Merchants Collective characters, but any characters you would like to have involved in this mission related to the trade route? Perfectly fine if the answer is no, whoever is fine. Star. 
What about the Logistark? Okay. You can have a Logistark involved in some way. I was really waiting to see if anyone was going to say headbutt because it seems like you guys always want them involved in everything. <laughs> I was like, is someone going to say it? But if no one's going to say it, I'm not going to say it either. Well, I mean, I was going to say it, so we can we can say it at the same time, Trudy. <laughs> so since you want headbutt swan dive, yeah. Headbutt swan dive. <laughs> so I will write down headbutt swan dive and we can do a fortune roll again to see if they actually choose to get involved or not. <laughs> It's yeah, just I gonna be, it's gonna be a wild card. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> prognosticate. It's gonna be like 40-ish episodes of Headbutt Swan Dive being called upon, and then nothing. And so finally, when we think, when the cards are down, we think they're not gonna fucking come. Why bother? And I'll just be like, why don't we roll just to see? And then somebody's gonna roll, and it's gonna be a crit on one die, and Headbutt Swan Dive is just gonna tear a hole through the emergency. <laughs> okay. Anyone have any theories about Headbutt Swan Dive though? Because I was wondering if maybe they are another AI like the Logistark, but instead has just sought this odd existence instead of mm. power, but of mysticism. The Logistark is so the Logistark objects to the term AI because the Logistark okay. evolved uh, in a digital landscape. Like the Logistark. Okay does not see herself as an artificial intelligence because she evolved naturally in a digital world as are a result of external she, pressures. Are you suggesting she might be a digital monster? Oh my God, well, I'm so glad I was not the only <laughs> one with that. I'm like, Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon. <laughs> I am so glad someone else was thinking this, it. This really lends great to the idea that we share maybe two brain cells between the four of us. <laughs> really? It's like the fates in Hercules, they pass the eye around. We just like swap That's the brain us. cell around. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's Logistark. Stark. Uh, she's, we, we can definitely have her show up in the next mission. But just as, uh, as a note, she has, she has made it known repeatedly to people that uh, she does not consider herself an AI. And in fact, finds the idea that she was designed by humans to be distasteful. Okay. I will remember them. We love her. She figures she emerged on her own terms. She didn't have anyone to put her together. Okay. I'll just start headbutt swan dive. Okay. Anything else that uh, you would like to see in the next mission? Jolly. <laughs> Jolly Mind can goat. show up Mind in goat. Mind goat. Any time that you want, of course. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, isn't Emran's workshop around the bazaar? Yes. Yep. It's in the bazaar. You can't. Emran will be surreptitiously missing. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> You don't you don't want your sand beef boy to be back? I would like him to chill for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Just anytime anyone tries to call, he's like, no, I'm retired. <laughs> no, it's I'm like thinking... when you try to hire Bill Murray for a job, he doesn't have an agent. You just call a phone number and leave a message. And if he's interested, he'll call you back. Is that an urban legend, Matt? That is the, <laughs> that is the true way that you interact with Bill Murray in the real world. Why would anyone want to do that? Well, that's just how it goes. I guess sometimes oh, he'll just appear. I want that phone number. I just want to leave weird <laughs> messages. Just be like, hey, Bill. That's that probably why it's not it. publicly shared. Okay, so um, recap. You want to focus on a local issue, probably the Bizarre Merchants trade route, and the Logistark will be there. Headbutt Swan Dive may get involved, and Jolly will be at some point in the picture. Okay, I think that's good. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to talk about today? Any 
concerns that you had or things that you enjoyed or things that you struggled with during the session today. Of course, you don't have to say this publicly if you don't want to, but if it's something you want to say, hey, I really liked how, uh, you know, Keekers did this or you liked how Mike did that or thought Trudy did this really well, this is a good time for that. And you can always send me uh, private messages about anything that you want to do differently or anything that you had trouble with. This is public. Emran is now house hum- husband. Oh, yeah. Keva yeah. is... Yeah, for sure. Boss, pass, boss wife. <laughs> That's how Emran would have preferred it. <laughs> Isn't there a manga called Way of the House Husband? Yeah. Former, yeah. former Yakuza guy. Keep Coming out on that. Netflix very soon. Yeah. It's so That's... good. Oh, they're doing an anime of it. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Really? I, I got, no. I got a, um, I got last month, I got a, uh, subscription to the Shonen Jump app. So specifically so that I could read Chainsaw Man, which is amazing. But I was like, oh, isn't there way of the house husband? And then it's not on there. It's Chainsaw Man. That is a very difficult question to answer concisely. <laughs> it is uh, a manga that is about how easy it is to let the world control you. And how important it is not to do that. Uh, But it is told through the lens of a very disadvantaged guy who becomes part devil and fights other devils. Okay. Might this devil cry at some point? He he definitely cries. Highly recommended. um, Look up up, uh, content warnings before you read it. Uh, It's very violent. Yeah, I, I've been trying to watch the fun crunchy roll, but I'm doing the free app and I don't know how to change it to, or if I can change it to English dub on the app, because hmm. I like to listen while I do stuff, but right now it's just like, oh, only in Japanese with English subtitles, we got you. I'm like, no, don't understand. <laughs> Get that it's that every all the purists say that it's better this way, but it's not because I just want to listen while I play video games or whatever. Yeah, like I can't, I can't watch things either. If it's in English or a language that I speak, I need subtitles because the children are loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I oh. like subtitles too, but you know. But uh, but I also like to, if I've got the kids around, then I also would like it to be in a language that I understand so that I don't always have to look at the screen and can make sure that my, for example, the youngest child is not deliberately stepping right off the edge of the couch, which he did last night. And I used my lightning fast dad reflexes to catch him and sprained my arm. It's, it's yeah. amazing just how those develop. Mm-hmm. At least he's not like purposefully diving off the head of the Goodness gracious. <laughs> he's, which, he's done that before. Okay. Because that's like me. <laughs> Babies make a lot of poor choices. Kids I mean, will pitch themselves I off was, of stuff, man. Yeah. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's those golden years where you challenge gravity habitually. Or you're just pretending something. For me, I was pretending to be Pocahontas diving off that tall cliff. Reasonable. Mm. Reasonable. Has, has he watched anything with diving in it, Arp? Uh, you know, he's seen things where falling happens. Okay. That's when he sees... When he sees Humpty Dumpty come on, he gets very upset because he doesn't like it when Humpty Dumpty falls. And yeah, and he walks off the couch. Yeah, yeah. Arp, have you thought about teaching him to reverse repel? Mm. <laughs> it's something that is always on my mind. My shame will follow me for the rest of my days. Really, it will. All right. Um, I I think we're we're good then. Is there anything else anyone wants to do or add? Yeah, I think we're good. Sounds okay. good. Yeah. 
All right. So yeah, we will schedule our next session ASAP. Uh, I think we'll be able to do mission and downtime this time because it's not our first time using the system in one session. And then I think the session after that is probably going to be our first one with a guest. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, sick. Oh, oh my. All right. So yeah, we already did all our intros and everything at the top of the session. So I think that's it. Uh, thank you all for listening to our first downtime here in Songs for the Dusk. Uh, if you haven't picked up the game yet, please do. It's still in development, so good deal right now. And uh, when you hear us next time, we will be doing something related to a trade route. Ooh. So until the next time, all the best. All the best. All the best. All the best, folks. Bye, space friends. Bye, space friends. Bye, space friends. See you, space friends. Bye.